so that he would gain Christ. And then he said something very interesting. He said that I may know him and the fellowship of his suffering. And then he goes on to say the power and the power of his resurrection. This week I've been, been, been meditating. Uh, I've been thinking on what Paul had said, especially about to know him, you know, to, to know him. And I also want to talk about what he said about the power of his resurrection. And I was en route uh, uh, on John Dart Road, um, and I was uh, talking uh, to the Lord. <laughs> and as, as I was speaking to the Lord, I missed my turn to where I was going. And so I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, how do I get to know you? How do I get to know you? And he says, through intimacy, and that is how you get to know me. But then I asked him the question, I said, well, Lord, what is intimacy? What is intimacy? And he, he says this, he says, where two becomes one. Where two becomes one in other words where god and i becomes one and then the lord says to me as he as he explained to me about intimacy where the two becomes one and we're to come become one in christ he said right now what's happening is is that the body of christ is having orgies and i said orgies and Immediately, you know, our mind will reflect to something with a sexual overtone. But God says uh, the body of Christ is having multiple partners, speaking in the spirit realm. Not so much in the physical, but in the spiritual realm. They are having multiple partners. In other words, anything that you put before God, whatever your idol is, that means it's a partner with you and God. So he says the body of Christ is having multiple partners. And I was like, wow, God. I said, that, 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 that is so amazing, and that's true. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to know you. I want to be intimate with you. I, I, I want to be one with you. And, and, and that's why I've been all week long in the midst of everything that's been going on. I said, Lord, I want to be intimate with you. I don't want a whole lot of extra partners, you know, in my relationship with God. And he said, that's where the body of Christ is. We've got extra partners rather than us and God. We've got other stuff going on. And I said, okay, Lord, thank you. But then he says to me, and I was thinking, I was thinking about, what Paul wants to know. He said, I want to be found in him. I want, I want to be a, a partnership in his fellowship. But then he said something about um, he wanted to know the power of the resurrection. And that's where we are today. We're going to talk about the power of the resurrection. We're going to talk about the power of the resurrection. Now, to understand the word resurrection there is to it means to stand up or to be revived. However, it has a much greater, greater depth to the resurrection. I'm about to go some places that most people dare to go. 
So we're going to go there. <laughs> Amen. Because a lot of lot, a lot is not being taught in regards to this. For whatever reason, the Lord has allowed me to dive into the lost books of the Bible. I'm discovering so much. Hmm. I, I came across a, a, a book called The Gospel of Peter. And the Gospel of Peter is not in the King James Version. The Gospel of Peter. The Gospel of Peter is more detailed than some of the things about the resurrection of Christ. And so we're going to, to, to begin to talk about what Peter is saying in the Gospel of Peter. Now, Peter, when he talks about the resurrection, he began talking about how the soldiers had rolled a stone. And this stone was in front of the sepulcher, the, the, the mouth of where they buried, buried Christ. And there were some things that he said that, that caught my attention. Now, one of the things he was saying that during the time of someone to, is to be buried, and understand now, Christ has been crucified. Uh, the, the soldiers, I mean, the, the robbers on each side of him, they were dead. And now they, had, they were in the process of burying him. And, and because they were in that process of burying him, the soldiers took the stone and they rolled it on the mouth of the sepulcher. And, but they did something else, which I didn't know, but then I understood some other things that's in King James Version. After they rolled the stone upon the mouth of the sepulcher, they also sealed it with seven seals when i read that seven seals i'm like okay god that is very interesting that they would put seven seals across the stone and then immediately my mind went to where we're going now we went to the book of Revelation. Going to the book of Revelation. Remember now, we talked about that seven seals that's been rolled across the stones. All right? Going to Revelations chapter number five. We're going to see. See, when they put those seven seals there, it was basically foretelling a prophecy or foretelling the things that John the Revel Revelator was going to say in the book of Revelation. Amen? Talking about these seven seals, seven seals, okay? Now, verse number one and Revelations chapter number five. Verse one says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with how many seals? Seven seals. Remember now, when you go back and the gospel, when you're talking about the gospel of Peter, which is not in the King James Version, it tells us that when they put the stone uh, uh, toward the mouth of the sepulcher, then they seal that tomb with seven seals. Then it takes us to Revelations chapter number 5, 
And it begins to talk about what John the Revelator sees in the book of Revelations. He's, first thing he talks about is a book that was written within on the backside. Uh, and it talks about it was sealed with seven seals. So that was a message in the gospel of Peter that was being told, but yet we did not understand that. We hadn't even heard of it because most of us, until most recently, even myself, and maybe some time back, have ever read the gospel of Peter. Now, the gospel of Peter is one of those books that was taken out of the King James Version before it was released for us to be able to comprehend. The, uh, Constantine had a lot of books removed uh, from the Bible, and the Gospel of Peter is one of them. Now, you're going to understand even more why they removed it, but they should have left it because there's a lot of things that makes a connection. There are things that connect. Now, in verse number 2 in Revelation chapter number 5, and we're talking about the power of the resurrection. Verse number 2 says, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And verse number 3 says, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereupon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. Hmm. Seven seals from the gospel of Peter tells us that there were seven seals. That was a message given that we didn't even know anything about unless we decide to go and begin to review what's actually there. Because we're talking about the power of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection. And, and, and for those that just come in, we want, we want to review because I don't want us to miss anything. Because what is happening is when you start begin to deal with the power of the resurrection, there is a lot more to the resurrection than what we actually know. We talked about the, the, uh, uh, the gospel of Peter, which is not in the King James Version, but it gives us more detail about the resurrection. It talks about the stone that they rolled in the mouth of the sepulcher where Jesus was buried, that it was sealed with seven seals. And when you look at, when you think about those seven seals, that is what takes us to the book of Revelations, chapter number five, okay? And it talks about the book, and it talks about the seven seals. So during that time, there was a message given, and it, it, it takes us back to the, uh, John the Revel Revelator, what he's beginning to reveal in the book of Revelations, all right? Now, let's continue, because we're still talking about 
those seals. See, it, it, back in those days, the king could, uh, 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 after birth, they, he could have a seal placed upon the tomb, but there were never seven seals. Well, there's the message. Now, let's go now to Matthew because I just want to teach. Matthew chapter number 27. St. Matthew chapter number 27. St. Matthew chapter number 27. St. Matthew chapter number 27. There's a reason why those seven seals were placed there. There was a, a word of prophecy that was given, okay, uh, leading to the end, end days, the last days. Now, Matthew chapter number 27, we're going to look at verse number 63. All right. It says, saying, sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, talking about Jesus, after three days I will rise again. Verse number 64 says, uh, Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Verse 65 says, Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. Make it as sure as you can. Look at verse number 66 in Matthew chapter number 27. Verse 66 says, So they went and made the sepulcher sure sealing the stone and setting a watch. So because Jesus had said he would rise on the third day. Now, we have to deal with that third day, too. We're going to maybe deal with some of the Sabbath as well. Uh, uh, but there were instructions given to them to make sure that the tomb, the sepulcher where Christ laid, to make sure that it was sealed. So they, they set a watch, not only with soldiers there, but there were also elders and priests that was there as well because they knew Christ had said he was going to get up on the third day. They knew that, all right? Now, the next thing we, place we want to go is we're going to the book of Revelations, chapter number 1. Revelations, chapter number 1. We're talking about the power of of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection. We see now during his burial, there's these seven seals. And now we're going to go to Revelation chapter number one, verse number 18. And we're going to deal with the first thing that took place when it comes down to the resurrection. All right. Revelation chapter number 1, verse number 18. It says, Christ is speaking. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Which means true. And have the keys of hell and death. You know, um, we had a conversation, Dr. Manley and I, uh, 
yesterday, uh, someone was preaching about who Christ, what, who Christ saw or who he met after his resurrection. What was the first thing that he did? Who, who, who encountered him? And I took him to the scriptures. And I said, now, the first thing he did was he talked about that he was alive. He was, he was dead, but he was alive. And he said, I'm alive forevermore. He talks about him having the keys of hell and death. The first thing that Jesus did after the resurrection, after his resurrection, was he dealt with hell. The first thing, see, often we've been taught, we jump to Mary Magdalene, but we don't deal with everything else that happened before he goes to the visible. See, we don't see the invisible. The invisible is the fact that he had to deal with hell before he allowed the visibility of himself to come to play. Are we understanding? So he deals with hell, okay? Now, I'm going to show you how he, he deals with hell. Let's go to the book of Peter. Come on. Give you time to get there. First Peter, chapter 3, verse number 19. First Peter, chapter 3. Verse number 19. He deals with hell. When he gets up, he de- he's dealing with hell. He's dealing with hell. This, this is some powerful stuff here. All right. Now, First Peter chapter number 3, verse number 19, it says, By which also he went, talking about Christ, and he preached unto the spirits. In prison. You know, there's another part there in Peter where it talks about the one that ascended, he also descended. And he preached to those souls that was in hell. See, he's preached to the spirits. You see, when, when people had died, see, when you die, your, your, your body go back to the dust, but your spirit goes to a place of holding. He, he preached to is the spirits that were in prison. Then I understand, understood something else. I know y'all probably think I'm crazy about now, but you just wait a minute. You're really going to think I'm crazy. Then I understood the dream that I had where I had gone to hell. I understood it because when I had the dream about me going to hell, I remember being um, on like, like I'm on a platform, but I kept descending. And each time I kept descending, I would see people in like behind prison bars. But when I got to the last level of, the, of, of hell, what I see was this man that I knew that, that was here on earth. And I looked at him and I said to him, what are you doing down here? And what he said to me was, because of my unforgiveness. And I woke up. So I understood that, yes, true. Some people don't even believe that Christ went and dealt with those souls because, see, those souls had to hear the gospel. They had to hear the gospel. Everybody has to hear the gospel. And so he had to preach to those souls. Now, not only in the gospel of Peter, but in the, in, in the book of Nicodemus, and we talked about these lost books of the Bible, okay? In the book of Nicodemus, it talks about how Christ bombarded hell. And, and, and when, when, when they, the announcement was made 
that he was on his way to, to get those other souls and for them to be released. Then Satan was afraid. The prince, the prince that was over the hell or Hades, they was afraid because that there were some saints that was there. And, and they were talking about the different things that they had said, uh, and especially in the Old Testament, prophecy about Jesus Christ. And Isaiah talks about this is the man I was telling you all about. Then those people that was healed, then they began to talk about this Jesus that had healed them. So in some of these books that the man decided to remove from the King James Version has a lot of puzzle pieces that we don't know about. And once you get there, I tell you, it is awesome. It is literally awesome. Okay? Now let me show you something else that I discovered in my studies. All right, let's go to the book of Isaiah. Show you something. Isaiah chapter number 26. Isaiah chapter number 26. And we're going to look at verse number 19. Remember now, the first thing Christ dealt with after his resurrection was dealing with hell. Because he said he got the keys of hell and death. He had to go down and take stuff. Okay? Now, Isaiah chapter number 26, looking at verse number 19. When I read this chapter, I'm like, and when I got to verse number 19, I'm like, well, Lord, this verse don't seem like it's supposed to fit right here. It's just like it was planted. And then he continues to go on with something else. Now, verse number 19 in Isaiah chapter number 26 says, Thy dead men shall live. Thy dead men shall live. Comma. Then it says, Together with my dead body shall they arise. You see that? Y'all see that? You see that? Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing ye that dwell in dust. If they're dwelling in dust, that means they're dead. They have returned back to the dust. And then it says, For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall... Look at this, the last line. And the earth shall cast out the dead. What we fail to realize that during the time of the death of Christ, I read there in, 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 in the Gospel of Peter, and, and nobody wants you to go there, but I want you to study it. The Gospel of Peter. You won't have to pull it up. The Gospel of Peter. I read that when, when, when they took Christ down from off the cross and they pulled the nails out of his hand and when they laid his body on the earth, that the earth quaked. In other words, that was an earthquake. Something happens. But it also talks about in the Gospels 
how the dead, the saints, got up out of the grave and walked among the city, New Jerusalem. So then I made the connection. I made the connection from the Gospel of Peter that when Peter is so, so detailed that it goes right back to what's in the King James with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how the dead saints walked among the city when Christ died. I mean, that's, that, that's powerful. It talks about how graves was opened. See, you see the power of the resurrection. Dead folk got up. They went back into the city, and they began to talk. See, this is some, some supernatural stuff that took place at the cross. See, there is so much power in the resurrection. So much power. So, I mean, just, just so much, so much power. There was openings of graves. All right, now, let me show you. Let's go to Matthew, Matthew, Matthew chapter number 27. I'm almost, I'm almost done. But this is some, I can't give you too much because I don't want to choke us. Amen. I don't want to choke us. Amen. But I do want us to know truth. I want us to know the rest of the story. Amen. All of it, as much as we can get, as much as we can handle. Now, Matthew chapter number 27. Yeah, chapter number 27. And we're going to look at, first verse we're going to look at is verse number 45. Verse number 45, Matthew 27, verse number 45. Verse 45 says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. Now the sixth sixth hour is 12 noon, daytime. But that's darkness, okay, for three hours. Now, the gospel of Peter goes on and it begins to talk about how people had gotten lanterns and because they, it was like it was nighttime. And they were walking using the lanterns to be able to see. Okay? Now, here he is in, in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew talks about it's darkness for three hours. Coming down to verse number 50 in Matthew chapter number 27, it says, And when he, talking about Christ, 50, Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. And it goes on and it talks about how, um, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent and twined from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Peter talks about when they laid him, when they laid his body on the earth, <laughs> it quaked. So here in the Gospel of Matthew, he's also confirming about the quake, the earthquake. Now watch verse number 50, 52. It says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. That means they got up out the grave. Remember Isaiah 26, 19? See, here he's here, the guy in the gospel, the gospel of Matthew, it talks about how many bodies of the saints 
which, uh, which were slept. Slept means they, had, they were dead. They got up out of the grave. And verse 53 says, and came out of the graves after his resurrection. You see how powerful the resurrection was? He he says now, and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city, New Jerusalem, and appeared unto many. See how powerful the resurrection is? Dead folk got up. Ain't no telling how long they've been asleep. It doesn't, there's no word that is, at least I have not found yet, that's been recorded how long they were dead. So they got up out of the grave, and they walked among the holy city, New Jerusalem. I'm like, wow, God, that's powerful. I mean, that, that, I, mean I said, God, that, that's powerful. It's powerful. The power of the resurrection. I, I, I forestated earlier, I, I, I'm like Paul. I want to know. I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know. And, and as, as we said, the Lord spoke to me and told me about what knowing means. Knowing means to be intimate with him. And the only way we can be intimate with him is where God says, where two becomes one. But then the Lord says, and we've already forestated this, the Lord says that the body of Christ are having orgies. And I'm like, orgies, Lord? He said, yeah, they got multiple partners. And he's not talking about in the sexual status. He's talking about in the spiritual. In other words, what, what idol, what have you put before God? Who? Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Who, who else is in the bed with you in Christ besides you in Christ? Think about it. Having orgies, you got multiple partners. It might be your, your job. It might be your, your husband. It might be your wife. It might be your children. It might be your family. It just might be money because, you know, a lot of us, we will forget about God and we'll run after the dollar. So, so what, who are our, oh, Holy Spirit, who are our bed, bed partners? Think about our bad partners who we're in having orgies with. Everybody know who we got in the bed with us. And I'm not talking about in a sexual overtone. I'm talking spiritual. Boy, it was good. Boy, it was, it was, it was good. You hear me? Men, what men God had to, let me tell you how good it was. And I told them earlier. I was, on, I was en route on John Dodd Road going to one place, and when God got through with me, I had run, run right on through the red light. I passed Amazon. I went on down, and I looked around. I have not a clue where I was at. I looked around, and I said, well, this is not familiar. I had to pull my car over to the side of the road to compose myself then I turned the car around, and it took me a minute to fully understand where I was. I don't even know how I even got to where I got to because God was talking, and I was listening. I was repenting. I don't want no extra partners, Lord. You said it's got to be me and him. 
intimacy. I want to know him. Paul was such, he was such a, such a man of God that he said, I'm willing to sacrifice it all that I may win Christ. I want to gain Christ because we're living in the last days. And we cannot go with no extra bed partners. Can we get amen? Amen, amen, thank you. Now, let's continue, let's continue. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's look at now Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew 28, Matthew 28. And we're going to deal with some other things that took place that we don't know about and why they may have taken out certain things, certain books out of the Bible. They didn't want us to know about because it felt like they would never believe this. All right, now, Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 1. We're talking about the power of the resurrection. Okay? See, there are some things that happened now when Christ first rose. But now, in the, in the invisible, but now we're looking at the visible. Okay? Now, verse number 28 and verse number 1 says, I want you to catch this real closely. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Now, it says in the end of the Sabbath, this is when Mary and Magdalene and the other Mary, when they shows up, it says at the end of the Sabbath. And then it goes on and talks about that the first day of the week was dawning. Now, at the end of the Sabbath, God says in the book of Genesis that the seventh day was the Sabbath. He said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So when, when, I'm going to put this question to you, as I put to someone the other day, and uh, they were like, they were kind of confused. I said, well, when is the Sabbath day? According to Scripture. Most of us speak it, we talk it. Sabbath day is on a Saturday. I'll show you in the book. It says they get there now. It says, at the end of the Sabbath, then it says it was dawning towards the first day of the week. First day of the week. The next day after the Saturday is Sunday. First day of the week is Sunday. Okay? We can swallow. We can clear our throat. Okay? But see, we need to know the truth. And the truth will set us free. The Bible also says don't have no conflict about holy days and, and the Sabbath day. Don't have no confusion and all that. Paul wrote that, okay? Now, verse number 2 in, in, in Matthew chapter number 28 says, And behold, and this is where it's going to really get interesting. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat 
upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him that keepers did shake, and became as dead men. Now stop right there. Here, what we see in Matthew's gospel about there was an earthquake, and there was an angel descended from heaven. And it talks about how the light, how he was shining. But when you deal with the gospel of Peter, which is more detailed, there was two dissensions. The first one talks about, and this is going to blow your mind, because he did mine. Maybe, maybe it won't blow your mind, okay? It just blows mine. The first dissension was these two angels, huge angels. They descended. And when they descended, they go into the tomb. And when they come out, Peter says, the gospel of Peter, when they come out, it says that three came out rather than two. That third one was Jesus. But it also said that, that, that there was a voice that spoke and said, did you preach to those that were asleep? And then it says something. This is what Peter says there, the gospel of Peter. It, it says that the cross that followed them spoke and said, yeah. And I said, Lord, anything is possible with you. Anything. But then it talks about these same two angels that's coming out with Jesus. It says that, it's, it's, it's said that, that the two angels, that they reached that statue, reached into the heavens. That's how tall they were. Remember I told you Peter was very detailed. But then he said the third one, his head reached beyond the heavens, talking about Christ. And I said, okay, God, I understand why they left it out. It's a little bit too detailed. A talking cross. A conversation with a voice asking did you go preach to those saints that was in hell? One, one, one translation talks about in the Gospels how, how the stone had been rolled, by, rolled away on its own accord. We'll get to that. All right. Matthew 28. We're talking about the power of the resurrection. You see, from the power of the resurrection, it opened up heaven. When Christ died and he rose again, it literally opened up the heavens and it caused angels to descend. You remember the time when, when, when they was wanting Jesus to, to call angels, you know, when he was, they was messing with him and, and Jesus said, and he said, I, he said I, I can call so many thousands of angels. They would be right down my back and call. See, he had a, he had a legion of angels. At his beck and call at any time. But, but let's go on. Matthew chapter 28, looking at verse number 5. In verse number 5, 
in Matthew number 28, because we're talking about the power of the resurrection. Resurrection in the beginning, he had to deal with hell. Now, heaven's descending. Angels. And then it says, And the angels answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. They had an encounter. Talking with angels. We're talking about Mary Magdalene and Mary. These women that came to do the spices for Jesus on Jesus' body. And they're in a conversation with an angel and telling them, listen, he's not here. See, the problem that we have today is... Well, you know, I don't have, but, but it's, if that's what a person wants to do, that's them. It's, it's okay. We, 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 we like to wear the cross out externally, but it's an internal thing. See, he's supposed to have risen it within us. It's not about some external object. It's about who he is. He lives within us. He doesn't, he's not, he's the We've moved from the cross and we're at the resurrection. See, a lot of folks are still at the cross. When I went to Jerusalem, they still had people going up Golgotha Hill, had on black dresses. They still going up there and visiting the cross. He's not there. He went through all of that so we could live, live again, to have eternal, eternal life. Now, let's go to these last scriptures now. Okay. Matthew chapter number, no, Mark. Mark, Mark, chapter number 16. Mark, chapter number 16. We're talking about the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection. Mark, chapter number 16. Hmm. Are we there? All right. Now, verse number 16, verse 1 says, And when the Sabbath was passed, I want you to think on that. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Remember now, said when the Sabbath had passed. Verse number 2. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Remember, it says the Sabbath had passed. They show up on the first day of the week. And some of us may ask the question, well, how did we get Sunday is our day of worship, as we we acknowledge. Well, that's where you had to go back and visit with Constantine, the emperor. When he became a Christian, he changed it. That's where you got to go do your studies. Man changed it. God never changed it, but man did. Okay? Now, please, please, please correct me and go do your notes. Go, go study. 
That's why everything is put in a book, because they know that we don't like to read, right? Do you know how they found the gospel of Peter? The way they discovered it, it was in an Egyptian cave, entombment. It it was buried with an Egyptian king. That's where they found the gospel of Peter, and it wasn't the whole thing. A lot of stuff here, a lot of stuff. Okay. Verse number 3 says, And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And verse 4 says, and when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, verse 5, they saw a young man. That's that second ascension, because Peter talks about a second man, a second angel coming down from the heavens. Now Mark is saying, and entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side. This is an angel, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affright. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. And then verse number 7 says, But go your way, tell his disciples, look what he says, and Peter. Wonder why he does that. He tells them to go tell the disciples, but he sets Peter like almost aside. He says, and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him, and he said unto you, as he said unto you. Jesus told him, listen, y'all, 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 y'all going to meet me in Galilee. Show you how, 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 how awesome things were. When, 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 when Jesus was, was, was crucified and, 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 and before he was buried, there was a man by the name of Joseph of Arathia. Uh, he, he was from that particular city, and he begged for the body of Jesus. He begged for the body. Well, what's interesting is when they talked about Jesus not being there and how, how the king had told him, listen, you, 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 pay, off the, you pay off them disciples. Let them, let, we don't want nobody to know that this man has got up out of the grave like he said. So we're going to give him some hush money. You know, they still do that today, don't they? They do hush money. They pay people off. Keep the truth from being known. Whether it be spiritual or anything else, they still pay hush money. So, so, so what he does here, this very man that, that, that asks, for the body of Jesus, because see, he was friends with Pilate. Joseph was friends with Pilate. So when he gets the body, and, and, and after everything takes place, they decide they also want to arrest Joseph as well. When they put him there in prison, 
And they went back after the resurrection of Christ. They went looking for Joseph of Amathea. And he was gone. Everything was still locked up and intact. There was no break in. But he wasn't there. And then they discovered the word came back that he was in that city where he came from. Showing himself that he had gotten out of prison. Telling everybody that Jesus had rose. There is so much behind the power of the resurrection. It's so much behind the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not about Easter egg hunting and bunny rabbits. Where we get that mess from? That's commercial. They're trying to make money. Do we not know Easter is a pagan holiday? It don't take much to wake up. Someone says to me, well, you know God wanted to reveal that to you because they say a workman rightly devised the word of God. I said, are we all not all workmen? Jesus didn't set me aside to make just one, one person a workman. He made all of us workmen. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And I started asking her some questions and she didn't have no answers. We are all workmen. What does a workman do? A workman. A workman works, digs, search. We're hungry and we're thirsty for, for truth. And we don't stop. Because the more that you dig, the more you will uncover. There's so much power in the resurrection. That word power in the Greek, that means a force. There's a, there's a force behind the resurrection. We have not a clue about the man that we're serving. He said, I got the keys of hell and death. First thing he did, he took possession of what the first Adam gave up. Because he was the second Adam, Jesus. What we, what, what we had, you know, Adam gave it up. How, I wonder how much are we giving up? I repented. What's invisible is far more powerful than what we see visible. The invisible world is more powerful than what we see. The, the, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. The power that God has given you is far greater than the power of Satan. And we run from them. All because of one man gave it back to us. There's so much power. 
We need to start walking in that dunamis power. We need to start walking in it. Walking and not running in the other direction. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I run the other direction too, you know. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. The power, the power of the resurrection. Go, write that down, study. Check, check me. And let me tell you, you're going to find out a whole lot more. that I'm not even able to share with you. It's a whole lot more. I'm just trying to make you thirsty, trying to make you hungry. I want to know what I'm missing. I want think about it. There had to be something so powerful that they would bury, they would hide, they would take out those books that it Tell you something else I discovered yesterday, and I'm gonna get it before it's over with. I discovered. And I'm gonna tell you how. I'm gonna tell you how, how awesome God is, and we're gonna end. I'm tell you how awesome God is. I knew what God had given me. I knew what God had showed me. And my fast day, and we've asked that you know, one day a week that you fast, however God leads you. My fast day was to not look at anything circular, but only watch something that pertained to Christ or anything that pertained to, to spiritual matters, okay? So there's this show, this history channel that comes on. Well, lo and behold, it began talking about the gospel of Peter, the same thing that I had been studying, told the whole story, even down to the book of Nicodemus. And I'm like, my God. Ah. And then I said, Lord. What else is there that I'm missing that I need to reach into? You know what the Lord said? And, he's, and, and, and they, they spoke it. They said there's a Bible, the original, that's way older than the King James and the Oxford Bibles and all that, called the, the Bible of the Ethiopians. 800 years older than all the other Bibles. The very first Bible, the, the Ethiopian Bible, complete. And I said, like, I've got to find it. Because it gives, you, it gives you 88 books. We only got 66 in King James. So you know I went on a treasure hunt, still looking, because I want to make sure I buy the right one. I want, me, I want to find the right one, because I'm at a point right now I want to know as much as I can know because we're going to get up out of here one day. And I don't want to be left behind because of something I don't know. It's powerful, y'all. It's powerful. It's powerful. And it's made available. God is making all of this available to us. He's making it available. And it's up to every one of us whether or not we want to be a workman or not. Thank you, Lord. It's up to us. But there's a power in the resurrection. So much. So much there. So much. When you go home, dig. Search. 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 And eat. I guarantee you, you'll have a real good meal. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen.